Today on the show, I'm doing sort of a mid-training camp check-in as the Seahawks get ready for their second preseason game. Which position groups do I think are in the best shape? Which ones have the most work to do? Where are my concerns still? You can probably guess one of those. And which players at the back end of the roster have done the most to help themselves as we get closer to cut-down day? Some news, notes, and tidbits to chew on on the eve of the Cowboys preseason game up next on Seahawks Forever. Welcome to the Seahawks Forever podcast, in-depth analysis on everything Seahawks. And now, here's your host, Dan Viennes. Welcome back, everybody. Before we get into the meat of the show, remember to like that video, hit that notification bell, and subscribe to the channel. It's the best way to support it. Uh, A couple of housekeeping notes before we get into um, Seahawks stuff. Uh, It was brought to my attention by a couple of you that there was some interference. There was some high-frequency noise on the last couple of episodes. I have identified that and taken care of that, and hopefully if uh, if that was some bothersome listening for you on the last couple episodes, the audio-only versions, it sounds like. Um, I apologize for that. That should be fixed. Also, uh, the results are in. (laughs) I didn't even ask for a formal poll. But when I mentioned three or four shows ago that I was thinking about switching the voice on my intro, because some people have complained about the young lady who did the voiceover uh, for the show, the the support that came in to keep it was pretty overwhelming and convincing. So not going to touch the intro, you guys. Um, (laughs) Also, uh, stay tuned. I will make an official announcement on Monday and uh, weave it into a show that I have planned. Um, A pretty cool announcement coming up about something I'm going to be involved in for this season that that includes the Seahawks um, and and game day presentation. There will be some stuff done during the week as well. Um, Part of a very, very cool fan-based interactive app. Um, I won't say any more than that until I make the official announcement. Um, you may have heard something about it already from some of the other uh, media casters out there that, that are going to be part of this. Don't worry, it's not going to impact this show at all or the content or the frequency that I post here. Um, but stay tuned for that on Monday. And then, of course, uh, after the game Saturday, I'll, I'll, I'll need some time to chew on that, look for a show on Sunday with my thoughts on uh, where things stand after that second preseason game. And this is the one now with this new format of just three preseason games where we're gonna, we expect to see the starters play the most they're going to play uh, this preseason. And then that third game is basically reserved for back-end roster battles, right? And we're going to talk about some of those here in the next couple of minutes. I just thought I would check in. I just didn't want to, um, you know, I want to make sure that during the season that the frequency of this show is consistent and that every two or three days, even if there isn't something big going on, you get some content. Of course, as soon as we get into the regular season, there will be game previews. There will be game recaps and reactions and news and notes throughout the season, uh, throughout the week anyway. And actually, um, just to tease that a little bit, the first four weeks of the year, I've already got set up um, media members from the opposing team to do previews with. So I'm really looking forward to that. A um, couple of them on a national level, actually. But I just thought today would do a little temperature check as to where things sit. Because training camp now is officially over. Training camp, formally. No more public practices. 
And so a lot, a lot of things are going to be kept under wraps now. So some of the things that we've heard, some of the feedback we've gotten from um, boots on the ground, as it were, at practice the last couple of days, last time we're going we're gonna to hear some of that feedback. Only credentialed media members will be able to attend practice now, and they're limited in what they can talk about. Some of the best information we've gotten the last couple of weeks from camp observations have been from fans or podcasters, bloggers that are just there with a fan ticket, not credentialed, and uh, making their observations on, on, on what they're seeing. And that can be some really valuable information. Um, and so I just thought I would check in before the game tomorrow and give you my thoughts on a couple spots on the roster. Because when we come out of this game tomorrow night, we're going to have a lot more answers as far as starting lineups go. And then uh, that will lead into a 53-man roster projection that I'll do next week, uh, my first one since camp started, uh, where I I make my one shot at predicting what the final 53-man roster is going to be. So I thought I would go through the position groups here um, one by one, quickly. And uh, I, I put them into three groups. Which ones I'm, I like, which ones I feel comfortable about. Which ones I still need to see more. And then uh, what concerns me. And I'll, I'll give you a little tease. There's only one position group right now that really concerns me. Um, first of all, the ones I like. Quarterback, obviously, we're set. Geno Smith has, by all accounts, taken his new role as the guy and really run with it. This training camp, from all accounts, he's been outstanding. How much of him we'll see tomorrow night, I don't know. I would expect to see a couple of drives out of him, and then he'll probably give way to Drew Locke for most of the for most of the game because he does need the reps. We saw some good things out of Drew last week, uh, some hits and some misses, but but I think it was the most comfortable he's looked as a Seahawk to me. And I think they want to see more of those reps reps because I I would expect that the third preseason game. Holton Ehlers is going to get a lot of time. Uh, secondary. Now, there's still a lot of moving pieces in the secondary. But at the end of the day, there's so much talent there, especially now that Reek Wollen is back playing 100%. We don't know how much we're going to see of him tomorrow night, if any. Don't know if we'll see Trey Brown. He's dinged up a little bit as well. It doesn't sound serious. But I'm I'm so confident in the secondary as a whole just because of the, the depth of of talent and the variety of talent. You have versatility. If Trey Brown, Mike Jackson could play both sides, Devin Witherspoon could play outside or inside. Not going to be ready to go tomorrow. I know that there's a lot of hand wringing about that. Sounds like uh, Pete says we might see more of him on the practice field next Wednesday. So I don't think we're going to see him in a preseason game. But remember now, with just three, three preseason games, there's two full weeks before the opening game. Uh, without any injury setbacks, I think we'll see him against the Rams. What role he's going to be in inside, outside, we don't know. I think it's going to be a mix once he's 100% healthy. We're going to see him some outside. We're going to see him sliding inside. But I just feel so good about the total talent we have there. Haven't even mentioned Artie Burns as a fallback. If one of these guys is dinged up, is hurt, if Trey Brown, if that injury is is more than they're letting on, you could keep a guy like Artie Burns for his versatility. And you have Kobe Bryant that can play nickel. He can play outside. That's what he was drafted to do originally. He play safety now. Um, I just feel so good about that group as a whole. 
that um, that I'm not I'm not concerned about it. Linebackers, I'm not concerned about. It. Obviously, Bobby and all the reports that he looks as healthy as he's been in years. There's something about when I start doing my show lately that gets Butch really fired up, and he wants to play in the background. <laughs> Go Kooks. Um, but I think what we've seen out of Devin Bush, how he hit guys and diagnosed the run last week. And then the news this week that Jordan Brooks is off the pup and he's going through walkthroughs. Will he be ready week one? I'm still skeptical. I think they're going to be ultra careful with him. He'll be on the 53 most likely. I don't think they're going to IR him after bringing him off the pup. They would have just used the luxury of the pup list. So he'll be on the 53. Is he going to play? Don't know. But he's cutting full speed. It's remarkable. And and now, you know, before we talk about like the Frankenstein nature now of how quickly Jordan Brooks came back from ACLs, we're seeing it around the league now. Brees Hall back at practice today. Right? We're seeing guys. Javante Williams is going to play in, in the Broncos preseason game. 12 to 14 snaps this week. Coming off a late season ACL. Um, it, it's crazy where the, the modern medicine technology has gotten to um, that these guy can, guys can come back that quick. So, you know, so much depth there. And then we see a guy like Patrick O'Connell out of Montana. A little undersized linebacker, 6'1", 220, I think. But he stood out in that preseason game to me. And then I saw some things on Twitter from some people I respect that he just stood out. Not a situation where, hey, I want to see what this guy can do and you've got eyes on him and you're looking for reasons to like him. He popped. In a very similar way to how Ben Burr-Curvin did his rookie year, it's just that, you know, Curvin was a draft pick. So there were expectations there. Be interesting to see what O'Connell does. Offensive line, I feel good about. If, you know, given that they're healthy, uh, and if you didn't watch or listen to the last episode with Sanjit T, please do. That's all we talk about. He has done some deep dives in film study, not just on the stars along that line, but even some of the backups. And he really, really likes what we have going on there. Some quest, some people are, are concerned about left tackle, not really sold on Stone, Stone Forsyth in the event that Cross would come down. But Abe Lucas, Charles Cross, looking to make that second-year leap. You know, everyone talking about how Cross just looks better athletically, stronger. Evan Brown seems to have seized that starting center role, plus Ola Olawatimi is a little nicked up right now. He's got an elbow thing. But Evan Brown just really, really solid. Played well in just a few snaps. We'll see more of him tomorrow, and so I think we'll get a much clearer picture of that center position. The guards, you know, you heard what Sanjit said about Phil Haynes, how much he really likes Damian Lewis, thinks he's one of the top seven or eight guards in the league. He's going to get paid this offseason as, as a free agent if the Seahawks don't retain him. And then some of the depth pieces there too. So I feel good about the offensive line. I think it has a chance to be the best offensive line group we've had uh, since those Super Bowl teams. Uh, outside linebacker, those edge rushers. Even with Daryl Taylor out, with what we saw from Derek Hall in the mock game and in the first preseason game, and you add that to Chen Nwosu and Boye Mafe, who's been the best player in camp. Now you're in a situation where those guys are locking that down. Tyreek Smith has shown some things. That when Daryl Taylor comes back, maybe he's just a guy that does the one thing he does best, and that's a rush the passer. Maybe he's a situational guy. And then you add Levi Bell to that to that spot, and he's got a real chance 
a real chance to push for a roster spot just because he gets to the quarterback. So I like that group. And then I'll throw tight ends in there too. You know, they haven't done much this preseason. They haven't been featured much. Um, it still sounds like, based on some eyeballs at practice, that Noah Fant is still not 100% healthy, not 100% r- recovered from that injury, still laboring a little bit. He might need to work himself into shape, but with Will Disley and Colby Parkinson, Tyler Mabry, that's a solid group. Now, groups I need to see more from. Uh, running backs, just from a health standpoint. Ken Walker running full speed this week. Are we going to see him tomorrow? Don't know. But we'll see more of Zach, Zach Charbonnet. And it sounds like Kenny McIntosh is close to getting back as well. But even if he's going to take a few more weeks, like what I saw out of Bryant Kobach in the first preseason game, runs hard between the tackles. And then we know what a consummate all-around pro DJ Dallas is. So I just need to see more. To, to, to feel good about week one, I just want to see those guys be healthy. I want to see what that three-headed monster can be like if they're all healthy. And then I still need to see more from the wide receivers. Not from DK. Not from Tyler. Certainly not from Jackson Smith and Jigba. But who's going to be next? Who's going to get those, the fourth spot, the fifth spot? Right. I was having this debate with somebody on Twitter today who was just a big Matt Landers fan. Really thinks Atlanta because he's because he's got all the measurables, four three forty and the height and all of that. I said, no, he's a practice squad guy, and, and so I want to take this opportunity to talk about that concept. But first, you know, just to line up, like he still isn't one hundred percent healthy. We'll find out a lot more tomorrow night. But Derek Young it makes this roster if he's healthy. The Seahawks thought enough of him at the end of his rookie year last year to carve out a specific role for him, a very important role, not just as a receiver, but as a fullback, doing some cool things out of the backfield. I think they see a lot of upside in him, and he's one of the younger guys competing for these spots. Remember, Cody Thompson's 27, and he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Aesop Winston has put himself in the conversation, the former Coug, by his performance in camp, in the mock game, his ability to return some kicks when needed, and in the preseason game. So he's put himself in the conversation. And then Jake Bobo has just flat out been one of the stars of camp. All Not just camp OTAs, mini camp, consistently. Which brings me to Matt Landers. Is he a physical freak as an athlete? Sure. But the idea that the Seahawks wouldn't be able to get him through to the practice squad, I want to, I want to address that. Remember, things are different now. There's one cut. We go 90 to 53. In a couple of weeks, it's going to be a massive, basically a wave of free agency. So it's, it's a little tougher for teams to kind of pick through that. I guess maybe that's not the right wording. It's a little easier, if I may, to, to get a guy through waivers. Um, but it's not just that. NFL teams have their evaluations. Guys go undrafted for a reason. Sometimes teams miss. Sometimes they do. And you get a guy like Jake Bobo, who from the day he sets on the practice field, he stands out. And then he backs it up in games. So there's buzz and there's production. Jake Bobo, I would feel less secure about trying to get through waivers. But guys like Matt Landers, I'm sorry, they, they grow on trees. Right, He didn't have a ton of production in college. Doesn't show elite skills as a receiver to me. 
Guys that come along that can run fast and are tall are a dime a dozen and they don't last in the league very long unless they have other outstanding skills. We really haven't seen that from Landers. Not enough that the idea that, oh, we can't pass him through waivers. I, I just don't buy that. So I want to see more. There's an opportunity. He goes out and blows up in the last two preseason games. Maybe. Maybe there's something there. But I need to see more. And then obviously the big concern still is the interior defensive line. Not worried about the starters. I'm excited to see Jaron Reed at nose tackle with everything I've heard about what a leader he's become, reestablish that role back in Seattle again, how he's rejuvenated, how physical he's been at the point of attack, how excited he is to be back in Seattle. It was, just wasn't a match last year in Green Bay. And then Draymond Jones certainly can't wait to see him be unleashed. And you got Mario Edwards on the, on the outside. We saw Mike Morris flash in the first preseason game. Uh, he might be a little dinged up. Not sure his status for tomorrow. But man, that interior, still a concern. Because guys get beat up in there. Guys get hurt. And you have to rotate guys. The Seahawks have always rotated heavily on the defensive line. Who are you rotating with? The guys that I thought were going to have a chance to stand out and make this roster, like MJ Anderson, undrafted free agent out of Iowa State, couldn't even make it into the second week of August. We've got Roderick Perry, who's been cut twice and brought back. Jacob Sykes, out of UCLA, undrafted free agent. The Harvard grad, interesting player, really, really popped in that first game. Need to see more of that. Going to get a longer look this week, I presume. I think he's healthy. Anthony Montalvo, who the Seahawks picked up on waivers from the Miami Dolphins when they brought in Deshaun Hand, and uh, reportedly Montalvo was having a really good camp, playing really well. Want to see what he can give us? Seahawks brought Matt Godel. Godel or Gotel, 340-pound nose tackle. He's from the Northwest. A small school kid brought him back again. See if he gets some snaps. Somebody's got to step up there because Brian Monet is not going to be ready for a while. And as much as they were excited about Austin Fialu, he hasn't played a snap. He hasn't practiced in training camp. Not a lot of details about what his injury is, but he hasn't been able to play. The Seahawks were really counting on him, I think. So that's a position that 100% that this team is going to need to add. And um, what I'm going to try to do next week, no promises. It might be the week after. It might be during that period before the roster cuts. Where I did a show about a month ago, right at the beginning of camp, where I looked at some other rosters for roster crunches at that position. I found some intriguing ones where teams just have too many bodies, and some of them are young guys with size and upside. I'm going to revisit that list and do a little research and see how those guys are playing for their respective teams. If they're healthy, if they're playing well, what their current status is. There's going to be an opportunity, at the very least, to sign guys that are waived. That'll be an upgrade over Roderick Perry, Jacob Sykes. We need to see that. Uh, Because Cameron Young... Hasn't been on the field either. We expected a lot out of him. In fact, what was one of the big narratives at the beginning at the beginning of camp? Are the Seahawks expecting too much out of him? Then they moved Jaron Reed over there. And then Young got hurt. So still concerned about that position. Uh, some players I'm watching closely tomorrow. Obviously, we talked about already. Wide receivers. Bobo versus Young versus Winston versus Landers. 
You know, Cade Johnson I don't, uh, uh, isn't back playing yet. You know, good news on him after being carried off in that first game, um, but he's not going to be back soon. And then I want to see more of Patrick O'Connell, Levi Bell. I want to see more Jonathan Sunderland. He got a lot of buzz at the end of OTAs and mandatory minicamp. But if Joey Blunt is back healthy, he's really solidified as that backup safety. So those are some guys that I want to see play. Uh, Again, on Sunday, I'll check back in and uh, give you my thoughts on the the Cowboys-Seahawks game and, and how some of those roster battles are shaping up then and and who showed and who really stood out in that game. Um, guys that might be in trouble. Maybe there's a couple of guys that we expect to make the roster that uh, that won't. That's the thing you got to remember. Anytime you fall in love with one of these uh, UDFAs or back end of the roster, guys, someone else has to go. So we'll explore that as well. And then big announcement coming on Monday. Stay tuned for that. And of course, we'll check in next week with any big news or notes that come along the way. And we'll get you ready for that final preseason game against Green Bay. Um, It should be pretty cool because it's a morning game. 10 a.m. Pacific Coast time. Get to wake up and watch the Seahawks play a preseason game. I can't remember that happening in a long time. That's going to be a lot of fun. Until then, again, like the video, subscribe to the channel, follow me on Twitter at Seahawks Forever. Forever and always, go Seahawks.